All right. Welcome, everyone, to Take Human Action PA, episode 37. I'm Calvin. I'm your host. And, oh, still riding high off of the Rage Against the War Machine rally uh, last weekend. So thanks, everyone, that was able to uh, come out for that. Um, that was a really good event. I'll have uh, plenty to say on that on future episodes. But um, we're going to go in a different direction tonight and uh, just get right into it with our guest because we have a lot to talk about. Uh, she is going to be a speaker at the upcoming PA convention in a week and a half, March 3rd through 5th in Reading, PA at the Ladies of Liberty Forum. She is uh, executive director of the Libertarian Party, and she is right here with us now. She is uh, Lainey Huston. How are you doing, Lainey? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me, Calvin. And it was good seeing you at the rally this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we got a chance to talk. I was uh, running around like crazy that day. So um, I was glad for the few interactions I did get to have. Yeah, that was a lot of energy, a lot of people. I don't seem, think I've seen so many signs um, all at one time for a freedom rally. That was my, my first big one that I've got to be a part of. Um, and it was really great energy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it had a lot of uh, highs and lows along the organizing process, but I, I don't think I could have asked for anything better at the end. So big shout out to Angela and Nick and all the other organizers that it would take too long to name. But um, you were all amazing to work with, and I'm, I'm so glad I got a chance to work with you. So um, thanks for making the event happen. Um, but before we go too far down there, um, I do want to talk uh, more with you and uh, get to know you a little bit better because we've uh, we've talked a few times. We met a few times in person, but um, um, I don't myself know uh, too much about uh, your background. So why don't you tell us uh, how you got how you got involved in uh, politics and where where you got your start? Uh, tell us how you ended up in this uh, crazy world we're in. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely been a wild ride. Never thought I would wind up working in politics, uh, but it's really rewarding and a fun experience. Um, my libertarian origin story starts way back when. I'm one of the very few people who is actually a second gen libertarian. I feel like anytime I'm in a room with libertarians, there's this, this speech where someone is talking and they're saying, everyone here is a free thinker and a critical thinker. And they came to libertarianism because they read something or they heard something and they decided that freedom was for them. Um, I actually was raised uh, by uh, my dad as libertarian. Me and my uh, three younger brothers all were. My my younger brother actually uh, makes a joke. He goes, you know, you've heard of MK Ultra, Well, we were LP Ultra. So um, unlike uh, most little girls who might've been getting stories about what it was like to uh, to be a princess or, you know, hearing uh, uh, Disney movies and things like that for bedtime for me, my dad would talk to me about dumb laws. And as a six year old, I love that. It was uh, so much fun just to hear um, about uh, these crazy things going on with the government. And I feel like that's a fun thing when you're a small child. Um, but when you grow up, you realize how much that really matters. And um, I remember back in Michigan where I grew up, my dad actually took me to a Harry Brown presidential rally. And uh, I actually met Harry Brown and uh, that was phenomenal. And, and, you know, I never thought I would be here uh, being a libertarian uh, today, but always have been a lowercase L. And I'm so glad that I've uh, made the move to, to actually join the movement a little bit more formally. Um, so uh, I, yeah, I'm one of the very few uh, second gen libertarians out there and I hope we get even more of them. Are you first gen or second gen? Well, I, I got to say, like, that is a really unique, uh, you don't have too many second 
uh, gen libertarians very often. Uh, I would say I technically I'm first generation, but uh, my mom was more on the liberal side and mm -hmm. my dad was more on the conservative side and ended up giving me a lot of Ayn Rand books to read. So the two <laughs> views kind of ended up meshing themselves together. So I don't know, maybe half, yeah, half second little, generation is just the way it worked out. I, I think if my dad, yeah, yeah, I think if my dad cared at all about social issues, um, he would be a libertarian. He's generally pro free markets, but that's, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the, the most beautiful story. I didn't even know how my dad had become a libertarian until I'd gotten involved in all of this a couple of years ago. And, um, kind of crazy. My, my parents, uh, had me young. I was their first child. And when my mom picked up baby books and pregnancy books, he was, uh, like freaking out a little bit as a young 20 something and trying to figure out how to be a dad. And he started reading about philosophy and what he stumbled upon through a couple of Ayn Rand books and just uh, stories about economics and things like that uh, at the library, he uh, discovered libertarianism, which he and many of us would describe as one of the most beautiful ways of living your life and thinking. And so um, he decided then and there he was going to raise all of his kids to just live and let live, uh, be fun, be problem solvers um, of our own stuff. And, and I just I think that's so great that he looked to libertarianism as a good way to think about fatherhood. That's awesome. So like, even when you went to uh, college, you're already like a firebrand libertarian. Like, were you, were you on an Island when that was going on? Uh, or uh, uh, on an Island during college you're saying, Oh, oh yeah. in college. Yeah. Um, well, so funny enough, I actually went to school in Philadelphia. I went to Wharton. So um, that was a, a time I got to spend four years in PA and I loved it there. You had a ton of libertarians, not only in Wharton, but Penn at the time. So um, it felt like this big mixing bowl where people were coming together and just talking about their opinions. And um, I felt like I got the chance to engage with a lot of people on what their thoughts were. Um, although that was the, the time that Ron Paul was running. And that was really exciting to see. You didn't have a, too many Ron Paul fans um, on the Penn campus, unfortunately. But um, there was a lot of lowercase l libertarian thought, a lot of this older classic thinking of um, you know, socially liberal and fiscally conservative. It seemed like a lot of people really resonate with that, but they didn't know the word libertarian um, or they would definitely not describe themselves as capital L libertarian. All right. Yeah. So this was around the time of the 2012 campaign. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's funny. I was just, um, I just had a conversation uh, over the, over the weekend with someone about it when we were at the rally. Uh, and <laughs> this is my, Oh, darn story. Uh, I was abroad when the 2012 campaign happened. So I completely missed out on it. I had already signed up to study abroad, had no idea what was going to happen. So I, I just completely missed the ball on that one. Uh, but everything everyone has told me has said that you know, what we got going on now with the Mises caucus is, you know, very similar in so many ways. I definitely have a lot of FOMO from not being involved with it. Everybody I meet who's getting stuff done in the movement uh, in some way or another, it seems to have either been brought into the movement by Ron Paul or they were actively involved with the campaign. And um, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later what we're doing with National today. But um, something I want to just share with anyone, if you resonate with my story, is that you should get involved. Like here I was from the age of six loving, you know, dumb law stories more than your average, uh, you know, love story princess book that you might be read uh, as a six-year-old. And even I, when I saw Ron Paul, certainly heard about him 
um, was listening to, you know, talk radio or just hearing about it uh, in my community when he ran in 08 and 2012. And it never occurred to me that I could make a difference by getting involved. Like I didn't even think, oh, this is something that I could do, like start a Ron Paul chapter at my my campus or promote him as a candidate. And um, I just want to put it out there to you. If you are loving libertarianism and you think that there's something interesting that you can do, get involved. A, it's not that difficult. Um, two, you're going to find an amazing community. And three, you really can make a huge difference. The number one thing that's changing the world to make it more free today is that smart, hardworking people are jumping in and giving their time and energy to get projects done. So um, really hope people uh, think about that and uh, you'll get to be a part of something really fun. There's a lot of groups that are happening right now that are a great time in getting things done. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, don't think you're too young either, because uh, even my high school had a uh, mm. libertarian club. So there's definitely <laughs> opportunities to get the word out there, even uh, if you're not in college yet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, after that, uh, after you spent your four years in Philadelphia, what did you do next? And uh, how did you eventually get roped into the Mises Caucus? Yeah. So I, uh, like I mentioned, I was a business student. I went to Wharton undergrad and spent a couple years in Philly. And after that, I found myself uh, falling into the tech world at Microsoft. And I moved right out of college, did an internship, and then went on to uh, go be a part of Microsoft. Really interesting time there, by the way. Um, and there's a lot of parallels that I'm taking from that as uh, we're, we're undergoing so much change with the LP. Um, as everyone knows, Microsoft was founded by Bill Gates and then had a second CEO come in after him. And when I came in, it was the, the that internship was the last time that that second CEO was running the place. And then by the time I was uh, had come back as a full-time person, you then had Satya Nadella, who was really trying to help Microsoft find its footing again and find its soul and really identify its culture. So it was a really, really interesting time to, to be there. And watch uh, Microsoft go from being certainly a huge company, but then reinvest itself in finding its mojo again. And so um, in many ways, they've been able to do that. They've, they've come out with so much innovation and they've really reinvigorated the culture and attracted a lot of talent there. Um, and I learned a lot doing that. Uh, but what it meant is that I had moved from uh, from Michigan, where I grew up, to Philly, uh, out to Seattle, which is a, a very, very blue um, area. Um, wonderful, uh, wonderful place to be, but it, it is super, super um, monochromatic when it comes to the culture and the thinking. And a couple of years go by and I found myself um, going through some pretty harsh lockdowns and everywhere around me, you had people who were upset by the virus and they were upset by everything was happening, but they weren't approaching it with this attitude of this is not okay. We're, we're being way too overly safe with everything that we're doing um, with trying to combat this. And I even saw people abandoning their uh, general niceness and sweetness that they have in Seattle. It's a very uh, nice place as a Midwest girl. I, I you know, love that about it when I moved out there. And it was a scary, scary thing to see people in lockstep just going for weeks and weeks at a time, staying in their apartment, staying in their home, not talking to anyone, and not really using creativity to overcome uh, the trying times that we had uh, during COVID. And so for years at that point, I had been, as you know, a lowercase l libertarian, um, and it's slowly becoming an anarchist myself. And uh, I was listening to um, all kinds of people who were speaking out about this and who were enraged. And 
um, after a while, I was listening to Dave Smith's podcast at the time and, and Tom Woods, and they kept speaking about this thing called the Mises Caucus and that there's this group of people trying to fight it. So around early 2021, I wound up uh, reaching out to my local LP and any of the organizers in Washington saying, um, hey, I've been hearing about you. Is there anything that I can do to help? Um, I'm really excited to uh, do whatever I can to uh, help Washington get its culture back. Like this is insane that people are um, sort of just living in fear and not even trying to tackle creative solutions about how if you if that is your position that um, the virus is something extremely scary, how can you go on living your life and being a, a happy, healthy human, right? Um, and sure enough, I found some of the most amazing people ever in Washington. Uh, we have a little joke called the uh, the Wafia of, of all these people who have come out of the woodwork during the similar time frame um, over those years uh, to join the LP and join Mises. And uh, that group of people became my community. And it, it was incredible. And shortly thereafter, I didn't just meet people in the Seattle area or in LPWA. I met people all over the country who were doing amazing things for, for freedom and quickly became interested in that. That, okay, that's awesome. So you <clears throat> you were saying you were like in the city proper at that point? Yeah, I was in Seattle. So um, you can imagine, um, you remember the summer of love um, and Chaz. I live, I had just moved away from Chaz when all of that had happened. And um, that was a really crazy time. So if you can imagine that uh, there was an autonomous zone a couple blocks away, um, you can just imagine how much um, sort of lockstep thinking that was happening with, with the lockdowns. It was uh, a scary time to be there and and no one no one wanted to support each other they all just kind of stopped living it was it was really crazy so um i am really happy to have uh, moved out of seattle I, I live in austin texas now and people are much happier and freer i know it's it's that way all around the country but there's something special going on in austin and texas in particular where people are just happy to happy to live their lives and and going about things a lot freer yeah, yeah, that's what I've been hearing. Uh, one, one of my good friends uh, from Philadelphia moved down there a couple of years ago himself, not to Austin, but to Texas. And I've only been hearing good things. I'm still looking for mm -hmm. a time and, uh, well, what? it's just a question of when at this point. When am I going to visit him? Because he's he's like starting his own ranch. He's, he's building up everything like by mm -hmm. hand himself. Like it, it just sounds idyllic at this point, you know? We very much have a Galt's Gulch vibe down here. Um, I know that from the outside, you'll hear about Austin and everyone knows Texas is a, a big place for freedom, but uh, Austin, we think of as being a little more blue um, or a little more liberal, uh, but there's actually uh, number one, people are so friendly down here and really open-minded to different views. Uh, so you don't have that same like mono thinking, mono culture vibe that you have in other big cities. Um, and two, it is a huge presence for libertarians. So. Most of my friend group down here, they are uh, some kind of free thinker, libertarian, anarchist. There's something called the Austin Ancaps, and it's just a, a really great group of people. Um, so highly recommend if anyone is considering moving to um, to Texas or going somewhere freer, you, you've got options. Obviously, Free State Project is great. There's a lot of good stuff happening in Florida. Uh, Pennsylvania, obviously, is uh, an amazing community, as you well know, Calvin, but I would put my word in for Texas and Austin in general. Yeah, well, is is uh, here's the question. Is Michael Malice a regular attendee at the ANCAP uh, meetings that you just talked about? Um, he's not a regular attendee at the Austin ANCAPs, but there are, uh, it's a pretty close-knit group down here. So you've got a lot of people who are friends, neighbors, 
all very interconnected and not just with anarchy. It feels like in Austin, everyone is working on some kind of cool project or has a really interesting um, job or just passion that they're they're working on. And um, yeah, we Malice is certainly one of those people. We've got a lot of um, podcaster and spokespeople, authors who are down here as well. But yeah, really great group um, in, in all corners of Austin. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so why don't you talk about uh, how you got uh, more heavily involved in the uh, Mises Caucus and what you did when you were in a leadership position there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, like I mentioned, I was living in Seattle and the thing that really motivated me was uh, I wanted to live in an America or certainly the neighborhood that I was in that was much more neighborly and fighting for freedom. It was um, really, really rough to hear that there there weren't too many mainstream voices who were speaking out against the lockdowns. And here I heard several podcasters who kept advocating for this thing, which I had no idea about any of the inner LP politics whatsoever. They were talking about this thing called the Mises Caucus. And um, I will say to this day, I'm here to work with anyone who is here to get shit done. And especially if you're going to have a good time and have a good group of people doing it uh, while we're while we're doing that. Um, so what I did is I wound up uh, reaching out to my local LP, um, getting take. I was taken under the wing of a couple of people who were involved there um, and uh, immediately started to build relationships. And I noticed something interesting libertarians, we all love localized politics, right? So we're constantly thinking about the kind of impact that we can make in the local arena because uh, we know that we're um, small but mighty and our resources are going to be really well spent if we can focus on things in local politics. But quickly, what I was finding was that there were, um, you know, not only 51 states when you include DC, but also all of these different counties. And it felt like everyone was trying to reinvent the wheel. So when I was um, uh, engaged with the Mises Caucus, uh, what that meant was you actually had a national group of people who were interested in making some change in the LP and finding ways to be more productive and more uh, have more of an impact as libertarians. And so I started to reach out to people in different counties and different states to see if A, they needed help in some things that uh, were my skill set, which happens to be like we talked about business, marketing, and uh, I worked at Microsoft, so tech and product management. Um, and what I found was, yes, people absolutely needed help, but they they also needed, uh, they also had a bunch of insights to offer. So um, what I've been trying to invest my time in since I've joined the movement more formally as a volunteer and now being where I am, I'm employed at the LP, is how can we be taking all of the brilliance that is around the country in each of these different localized movements and scaling that where it makes sense. Because if you think about it, when you're running a candidate, it makes sense to focus um, on a local sheriff election or a local school board election. But the insight that you might get around what's the tech that is backing up um, that election or what's the marketing strategy uh, to help promote your candidate, that's something that you can use everywhere. And with things like social media, or um, press strategy, there are no borders when it comes to information. And we as a movement need to be thinking about how we can actually be spreading uh, the message nationally or internationally. It's not just something that we're going to be doing at the local level. So um, that was uh, wonderful. And I certainly met a, a lot of great people, both in the Mises Caucus and in, in lots of caucuses. Um, and uh, I'm really excited to work with people who are interested in this like scalable uh, projects and scalable skill set stuff at the national level. And that led me to where I am here today. 
Yeah, and we're we're glad to have you. Uh, so I yeah I know there's a lot going on at uh, LP National right now. So there are definitely a lot of drastic changes at Reno. I think everybody knows that. So um, how did it get to the point that uh, you know I don't remember exactly how long it was, but sometime after the Reno National Convention in uh, May of 2022. Uh, how did it get to the point where you were working with the Mises caucus and, you know, finding yourself in the role of the executive director of the national party? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Mises caucus was really the way that I even heard about being a part of the LP. And it was uh, the first group of people that I met when I joined. Um, and as, uh, as you know, there's a lot of people who came together and were uh, trying to uh, vote in some uh, platform and bylaws changes, but also a group of new leadership into um, the LP. And I was, it was really exciting to be a part of that and to, to see if we could get, um, you know, just some new life and energy into the LP. When I was a part of that, I had no idea that I would ever be working here. Um, in fact, um, I was sort of thinking that this would be uh, like, a, like a fun uh, project that I would do. And I was really excited to help and work on sort of this national infrastructure and ways that we could run candidates. And I personally was really excited about our opportunities as a movement for 2024. So um, when I was, uh, you know, going to Reno, I, of course, just, you know, took a weekend off for my job, came back, went right back to work at Microsoft. And a few months later, um, it turned out that the executive director who uh, preceded me, Tyler Harris, he had decided to step down. He'd done what he needed to do um, and was ready to hand the, bat the baton off to someone else. And lo and behold to me, I had worked with Angela during some of the, the prep for Reno and she reached out and said, hey, I know this is crazy and never in a million years would you do this, but would you be interested in joining at the LP? And I said, you know what, uh, This, if you really need me, like why not? So originally we thought this was going to be an interim thing where I was just there for a couple of months, um, a great way for us to get organized and um, you know, just sort of rearrange how we could get things done as the staff. And they hooked me. They they kind of trapped me and I fell in love with it. And I'm really excited to continuing that work on longer term. We have a fantastic board um, and chair who are uh, got a, have a really bold vision of some things that we can do to make the LP even more impactful and relevant. And a big way that that happens is through um, mobilizing a staff of people who work for LP National, or as we like to say, LPHQ. Um, and it is really rewarding work to not only uh, be able to see that uh, new energy and change happen at Reno, but to go implement it, which is the, the hard work that needs to get done for it to happen. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, one thing that I bet is a burning question for the audience, uh, what does the executive director do? In fact, um, I'm not sure, I'll, maybe not the majority, but a good number of the uh, members of the LP at large actually know what goes on at national mm -hmm. headquarters. So uh, can you tell us uh, what your job is and what goes on like maybe day to day amongst the staff and at headquarters? Yeah, it's a great question. And uh, like I mentioned, I'm lowercase l here in long time, uh, uppercase L for a very short time. So this is all new to me. And uh, I've got the fresh perspective to explain to anyone else who's confused how it works. So um, for the most part, um, we are a, a national uh, committee, Libertarian National Committee and political parties. So we have a democratically elected 
board, which includes our chair, Angela McArdle, and that group of people, they're really our vision and our guidance in setting the the, the bold steps that we want to take as a party. And what what they will do is sort of uh, figure out the direction that they want the party to go. They're all elected by you all, the members. Um, and if you're not a member, a shameless plug that you can join us at lp.org slash join. Um, and you can donate if you're already a member at lp.org slash donate. Um, each uh, convention, members will elect that group of people to uh, help set the direction. And what that group then does is uh, recruit a staff that will then go implement that vision. So as an executive director, it's my charter to make sure that we are um, taking those ideas of the board and we are translating them into a reality that we can actually see and deliver to members. And then, of course, what happens when you're able to level up from um, albeit very hardworking volunteers who work all over the LP, uh, but take that from people who are working long hours, but still probably part-time and translate that into a full-time staff is you get people with skill sets and expertise that can work on something all day, every day to, uh, to make that a reality. So within the staff, we do a couple of exciting functions. Um, the first is really about growth. So uh, we have a team we call growth and operations, and this group is in charge of fueling our war chests with the revenue we need to go fight um, all of our political battles and have political impact um, and to do that efficiently. So um, in a little bit, I would love to talk with you about everything we're doing with technology. Uh, we hired our very first CTO and he's making a huge impact here. Um, and another person who got their start through Mises. Um, and uh, yeah, in, in general, we've got um, a lot of ways that we're trying to streamline all of our operations. Um, but that team is really responsible for making sure that we're able to grow the footprint of the LP and facilitate all of the normal business operations that you would need to run uh, run a political party. And then the second group that we uh, that we have is called Political Impact. And this is where uh, a lot of the magic happens, where we are trying to uh, get ballot access initiatives uh, pushed forward, supporting our state affiliates and county affiliates with resources that they need, supporting our candidates and paving the way for them to be very successful, um, and any of the other um, exciting political projects that you might see. For example, you mentioned the Rage Against the War Machine rally that just took place over the weekend. That was a political impact project that we funded. So um, a lot of really exciting stuff is happening there. Um, and uh, I know something that there was a lot of energy for in Reno was also to update our messaging. So in this political impact team, we're not only thinking about classic political projects that we can fund and throw our energy into, but we're also investing in easy things like marketing and how we can get the word out to more people to be libertarian, apply pressure to the cathedral and so on and so forth. So um, that is what we do for you as staff and something that's very important to us in addition to helping the party grow, helping grow that war chest, making things more efficient and funding political impact projects is for us to listen to you as members and hear your ideas and give you ways to volunteer. So um, we are really just the, uh, the backbone of helping the LP operate and we want to uh, empower everyone who considers themselves a libertarian to make a difference. That's awesome. Uh, so we did get an audience question on that that I'll uh, pull up now. So yeah. can you tell us more about the chief technology officer? So what uh, tech wise is happening there right now? 
Yeah, absolutely. Let me give a quick shout out. His name is Andy Bukovich, and he's a very active member of LPCO out in Colorado. And Andy, by day, um, actually ha has a day job that where he works full time. Um, and he is a software developer who is really experienced in not only um, a wide breadth of uh, implementation of technologies, has a lot of experience with CRMs and automations um, that we can be implementing all over our, our tech stack, but he's also really good at finding ways to do project management and implement Scrum Agile. So for any of you tech nerds out there, you know that not only what you work on with tech, but how you work on it is, is equally as important. So um, this is the first CTO that the party has ever had. We're a 50 year organization. And uh, you know, in the 20th, 21st century, we um, have finally found someone who can lead this uh, as a, a their, you know, their main focus at the party. So what Andy's been doing for us is looking through our entire digital portfolio and identifying, okay, what software is going to be the most efficient, the most cost effective, and really give us the bells and whistles we need as a group that's powered mostly by volunteers um, to level up. So um, in a, a couple of uh, days and weeks here, we're excited to make a lot of announcements along that front, um, but we're going to be uh, giving people more ways to participate by using technology and Andy is helping us do that. Yeah. I definitely love all those people you mentioned so far. I got a chance to to meet him in Reno. Uh, he's a good guy for sure. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome to hear that. Have you on the podcast. He's actually um, originally a Pennsylvania resident as well. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I knew that. Uh, there seem to be a lot of people who touched in uh, PA. At some yeah. Point. It's great. It's a great <laughs> oh, place. Funny. Oh, well, if we got time in the end, we'll have to. I'll have to talk a little bit more about that. Um, <clears throat> but for now, Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I know that uh, we are going to get into some of the uh, projects that uh, LP National is working on right now. So why don't you give us some of the highlights? Uh, what What's happening in HQ? Yeah, absolutely. So if you hadn't heard of it already, as we've been talking about on the show, uh, the the party just got finished hosting a really large rally in the D.C. area with a lot of sister organizations doing it around the country to really speak out against um, the war that's happening in uh, Ukraine and Russia right now. And so um, right coming off of that, there are a lot of other initiatives that we are diving into uh, that are coming up pretty soon. Um, the hallmark of this rally was uh, really two things. Number one, how can uh, we leverage a coalition building strategy to team up with other people that we might not agree with ever uh, agree on everything together, but we agree on something important and certainly peace is uh, at the very forefront of that. So um, moving forward, we're really excited to hear from members. What other things would you like to see us do coalitions around? There's any number of topics that libertarians are passionate about and whether it's par- partnering with other political parties, um, other groups that are also passionate about this, we want to be growing our, our movement and making sure we have an impact by teaming up with others. So our, we're really excited to see uh, what other coalitions uh, can come to fruition in the next couple of months. Um, but on top of that, we're really just investing in uh, the basics and the fundamentals at the LP. So um, I know that as a lowercase l libertarian, it was it's kind of complicated to know how you get involved um, with your uh, local affiliates uh, and your, your national movement. So we're doing basic things like making it really simple to sign up and figure out how you can uh, be a part of the National Libertarian Party. And then from there, what kinds of perks you have as a member. So in the very uh, next couple of days here, we're excited to announce all kinds of new things that we know you guys are going to be excited about, whether you're an existing member or someone who's interested in making the jump. Um, we want to thank you and make sure that we're investing or giving back value into your lives. Um, we're not just investing in these political projects, but we're making uh, you know, more opportunities for, for you to uh, be involved in a party that you're excited to be in. And something we've been getting a lot of demand for is having more community. So like I mentioned, Calvin, when I first started, I was feeling siloed. I was living by myself in a one-room apartment in, um, in Seattle. Uh, and it was completely lonely, like to be honest, to be uh, there during the lockdowns. And even though the lockdowns are mostly over throughout the U.S., Uh, that is the number one thing that we are seeing that people want is they want to be connected to other people and not only in real life and uh, people who live in their state and their county, but people all across the country. So community is something that we are focused on and we're excited to announce exactly where you can do that. Um, As we were talking about a little bit earlier, Calvin, there's some uh, exciting news coming out about that, but pretty soon here as a member, you'll be able to join on, um, and uh, uh, be a part of a digital community where you can get in touch with other libertarians. And in addition to that, 
people uh, who are really passionate about this movement, they don't just want to talk with others and explore their interests and, you know, swap which Ayn Rand books that they like um, or uh, which guns are their favorite. They want to be able to um, actually get involved and do stuff. So something that uh, we had mentioned earlier when I talked about my story is um, there's so many ways to get involved locally that you're just, um, you walk into any LP meeting and people are tripping over themselves asking you to run for something or to be a part of something locally. And if you have skill sets where we can take advantage of, of your knowledge um, and your expertise that will scale, we wanna give you a way to do that as part of this um, this hub. So really excited to be announcing uh, some, some opportunities to volunteer and we can get into more of that if that's something you wanna talk about. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not sure I'm not sure how much you can say about that at this point, but um, maybe maybe this question will help us uh, go in that direction because uh, I, I know this is something that uh, some uh, people in the party, especially if they're more heavily involved in their state party and not not they're not always following uh, what's going on at national. Uh, they let's say they're like a state chair or a state board member or even like a candidate running for office, particularly at the local level. Yeah. Um, if they need assistance on something, if they just want like advice on how to, uh, how to run their campaign, like various kinds, like anything from like, you know, how do I get myself some exposure to, um, do you have any literature that you could send me or PDFs that I could print myself? Uh, mm -hmm. how, you know, how do I file this one form with the state and anything, anything like that. So if there are those kind of questions or just general, you know, request for support. I know like you probably, you probably can't do everything, but just to see, you know, if you did want to say like, Hey, I'm looking for some help with this thing. Um, how do you actually go about contacting uh, Nash, the national party to see if that's something they can help with? Like, what's the best way to go about that? Yeah, absolutely. So of course we have our website, lp.org, where we do publish a lot of materials. Um, if you're an affiliate, you're able to purchase some of some marketing materials and things like that, that you can put out through, um, through LP store. We put out most of those at cost. So it's just, you know, made available so that you don't have to do the work to invest in all of um, that content creation yourself. But if you are looking on the website and you're not seeing an answer or resource to your question, there's uh, two ways that you can get help. So first you can reach out to info at lp.org. Maybe we can put that in the, um, the description below after this and send any question on your mind. Uh, our staff will go through that and route it to the right place or get you an answer straight away. Um, and sometimes if we don't have something, that's really helpful because we'll we'll take a note and when we're seeing demand, we'll be able to um, to generate resources for that. Uh, but just to put it in perspective, Calvin, the LPHU staff is quite small. I think there's about 10 of us right now. Um, we're constantly bringing on and um, ha having some change with our, our members. Um, and we do have those 23 board members. So you're looking at like when it comes to uh, us and the volunteers, a group of about 50 people who are working for you, the members, although we hope to be growing that. As I mentioned, there's gonna be more opportunities to apply um, to both jobs and volunteer positions coming soon. Um, but what we are really excited about with this hub that we're going to be launching in the next couple of days and weeks is we want to not try to have centralized resources that we are only creating at National HQ, but we want to be creating opportunities for members to be sharing those with each other. So uh, decentralization and doing things from the grassroots up, that's a big 
core tenet of not only Mises, but of, um, you know, in general, uh, libertarians who who know that you, it's it's not always great to uh, have everything centrally, centrally controlled. We want to be making sure we are facilitating places where people can share, hey, this is really useful to me, or I have a question, can anyone do this? And rather than having LPHQ be this middleman trying to do everything for everyone, we want to open it up to where you can ask us, but you can also get answers from other people. So hopefully that will uh, help accelerate a lot of the work that we can do well together across the country. Yeah, that that is a really good point is I know there there's uh, just spread throughout the state a lot of experts on certain things, certain topics. Maybe they made this, uh, I don't know, guide to, uh, you know, Robert's rules or, you know, what to include in county bylaws or something like that, that LP National might not have. And if they were able to share with everyone, I think that, you know, that would be really beneficial just to have yeah. some place where you can do that. And, and one of the things that we can do is we can keep an eye out for that and keep maintain and compile stuff so that we're not having to reinvent the wheel every time. Um, and if someone does share a good answer, we just maintain that and distribute it to everyone then. Um, and we'll still continue to invest in direct resources, but why wait on us just as 50 people, we're, we're not gonna be able to do as much as the thousands of libertarians around the country will be able to do together. Yeah, that has been a big hang up up to this point, just reinventing the wheel over and over again. I think that's been a lot of why we haven't been able to uh, crack more or less above the same voting numbers that we've been getting over and over again for the past several years. So I'm, I'm glad that we're finally taking steps to change that. Yeah. And, and let's talk about that for a second, because I think this is a, a really important point. Um, it is really hard to volunteer as a, as a member of the LP or someone who's passionate about freedom. Uh, number one, it's a tough fight. We are in the minority. And uh, while we've been having a lot of energy and a lot of growth recently, and clearly it's a majority opinion of Americans that they want to be free and they want to have a better better culture, um, you know, more choices. This is not a minority opinion, but people who consider themselves libertarian, it's a small group of people who are actually doing the work and that can lead to burnout. And what we don't want people to have to do is either one, spin their wheels wondering how to do something or two, waste that precious energy reinventing something that someone else in another county or state or uh, national headquarters has already figured out. So that's really critical for us to be getting good at that. We're, we're such a small group. We have to be really, really efficient and making sure we're utilizing everyone's energy the best we can. Sorry, wrong button. Yeah, 100% agree. Mm -hmm. uh, so are there any other uh, projects or initiatives uh, that you wanted to touch on that's uh, going on at headquarters? Yeah, well, um, we like I mentioned, we're going to be having a couple of positions that open up soon on the website. Uh, we have a new tab down at the, the bottom of the footer, which says work at the LP. I believe it's lp.org slash talent. And there we post job postings where you can literally work at the LP and make that your full time or part time position. Um, but we're also going to be opening up volunteer positions there. And so uh, for any of you who are out there and you're excited by the messaging that we've been seeing at National, um, quick shout out. We have been growing like crazy. I believe in 2022, we quadrupled our messaging in a matter of a couple of months um, uh, that, that was happening in our earned media. And the, our follower growth has been off the charts. And that's really a testament to the hard work of the people who've been working on our messaging, our marketing, and particularly our social media. So if that excites you and anything around that, whether it's um, measuring the growth or finding ways that we can analyze who our audience should be, whether it's writing content yourself, 
whether that's video like this podcast or writing things short form or long form, we are looking for more people to, to join that team. And I can't say anything about it right this minute, but I do think I'm not spoiling anything to say that we have just uh, signed on a very new, a very special new volunteer. Um, it's a huge name in the Liberty movement and they're going to be doing a lot of ghostwriting for us. So coming soon uh, to an announcement near you, we're going to be having a brand new member of the team. And if you want to work with people like this individual, um, we would love to have you as well. We need everyone from um, people to man our Twitter to people to um, you know uh, develop uh, our photography, build graphics and analyze uh, how our growth is happening. And that team is going to be growing quite a bit. Um, on that note, I would love to talk about uh, another uh, special direction that we're going when it comes to these projects because yeah. um, I think so often it's easy for us to say, okay, what are your skill sets and what can you do and kind of pigeonhole people into that? Um, something we've been noticing uh, that's been really effective when it comes to uh, getting getting things off the ground is putting people into groups and giving them a topic or a, a project and saying, okay, go, you guys are empowered to, um, to tackle this initiative. What would you think the strategy should be? Uh, so going back to this idea of decentralization, um, while 50 people is a lot, that's a lot of people who are working for you to make your national LP as effective as possible. We would love to build an infrastructure where if you are interested in a particular topic area, you and a couple other people from around the country could be people you know or people you're getting connected to uh, by us. You can go tackle something that you're really passionate about. And let me let me ask you, Calvin. You're a libertarian. I know you do a ton to volunteer for the movement. What is the thing that keeps you really invested as libertarian? Like, why are you spending so much time as an activist huh. trying to get the word out? You know, that's that's a really good question. Um, I'd say it's two things at the end of the day. Um, the community and the hope for a better future. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so what, what I find is for almost everyone, there are about two things, right. That, that really drive them. Um, for me, it was originally lockdowns and culture. Uh, just, I, I want to live in America where you can feel like you are free and you're around people who, who love that as well. Um, so if you were sitting here interested in helping make one of those two things happen, um, at the, uh, for, for Americans or for yourself, we want to give a place for you to do that at the LP. Let's say it's community. Um, we were just speaking about uh, this new hub that we're excited to, to launch in a couple of uh, days and weeks here. And uh, let's say you're interested in that. We want to give you a concrete way. You can not only give your membership and your money to the LP, but you can work on something that you know you're making a difference. And it's a very specific, tangible project that um, you can you can put your name on and, and be proud of and make that a success, whether that's for years and years or just like a very short set of weeks, one and done type of project, you move on. Um, that's something I'm excited to see happen in the next couple of weeks here. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm sure we'll have uh, more to talk about that here uh, once we're done with the episode. Uh, so um, unless you got anything else, um, there is uh, an event coming up in a week and a half that I definitely want to get into. Yeah, uh, no, I think the the main thing that I hope people take away is we are reinvesting in member perks and a lot of exciting stuff is happening with volunteering and messaging and that we're going to be announcing the next couple of days and weeks. So stay tuned and um, we're excited to give people even more ways to donate and volunteer. And thank you, because I feel like everyone listening to this is probably already an invested member. But let's move on to talking about the Pennsylvania Convention, because I'm really excited to 
see all of you next weekend. Yeah, uh, right on. So um, I I think I will I will share the screen because I think the website is uh, really well done. I, I already got it loaded on here. So let me pull that up real quick. Oh, prevent me from having to uh, say everything. It'll be better if I just show it. So Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania 2023 convention. Pennsylvania is the gold standard. And uh, in many ways it is like, I don't, I don't think I got a chance to tell you this uh, <laughs> pre-show, but um, we, I think we're the only convention or the only state to have uh, Dave Smith come three years in a row. <laughs> so that's definitely something, but we've got, um, we've definitely got a variety of good speakers this year. Here's uh, someone I'm not entirely familiar with. <laughs> uh, yeah. But in all seriousness, like, um, we have Lainey here who's going to be speaking at the Ladies of Liberty Forum along with uh, Hannah Cox and uh, Amy Lepore. So I will scroll down to, I'll just show the venue real quick. It's going to be in Reading, Pennsylvania uh, at the Doubletree. I just found out, by the way, it's the high, highest rated Doubletree <laughs> in the country. So that that's something. Uh, then... You can't buy any packages with uh, food anymore, unfortunately. We are past that deadline. But you can still get a hotel room, and you can still buy tickets for the events that uh, don't have food, including the Ladies of Liberty Forum right here. Awesome. And I, I really hope people come out. I'm so grateful to um, the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania for inviting me. This is going to be a great chance to, uh, to talk to everyone. And I know the uh, LPPA events are legendary. This will actually be my first one, but I've heard a lot of great things about them in the past. So I hope everybody uh, drives out. And Calvin, you can correct me if I'm wrong about this, but Pennsylvania allows people to come from out of state. Is that correct? Or is it just PA residents now? So this is actually the first year in who knows how long that people from out of state can't vote, but that just means you can't participate in business. You can still do um, all, well, all the meals, if you purchase them already, all the speakers, um, the after party, everything. Uh, and even if you uh, are, you know, you can't participate in business and you don't feel like watching it, that's fine because there's still tons of sponsors, tons of sponsored tables. Um, I don't know them all off the top of my head, but I know the Mises Caucus is a sponsor and Liberty Speaks is a sponsor. And there's going to be lots of other uh, sponsor tables there too. So there's, there's going to be a lot of great organizations represented at the PA convention. Uh, people, you know, great people you can talk with while the business is going on. So there'll definitely be no shortage of things to do. In fact, I know some people uh, go that go to the convention that intentionally uh, wait out in the hallway while business is going on because they that's their favorite part of the convention, just uh, enjoying the conversations that they have with people. That That's great. Yeah. I, so if you heard here first, if you're a, a Pennsylvania resident, come so you can vote. Um, but if you haven't yet, uh, you should come on down if you're within driving distance. There's a lot of famous events that happen in the Liberty world. Everyone knows Pork Fest. You've got Childerberg here in Austin. You've got um, uh, the you know Freedom Fest. But I feel like Pennsylvania Convention is getting a bit of a reputation for being a good time. So I'm really excited to go and hope other people do too. Yeah, for sure. They always have a great speaker lineup. Uh, hopefully you'll be able to join us for the bash as well. That's Saturday, right? Yeah, I should be there both nights. So looking forward okay. to that. Awesome.
Awesome. That's great. And then we also have the challenge coins this year. This is new. So if you buy, you can still buy these. If you buy a challenge coin, uh, then you get special perks, including express credentialing for business and priority bar service. And they'll, um, I heard that there will be other benefits that have yet to be announced. Uh, I think they're going to be doing this in future years too. So they might have additional benefits in the future for holders of last year's coin and this coming year's coin. So um, that's really exciting. Um, I'll be interested to see um, what they end up doing with that. That's awesome. Um, well, let me let me ask you this, Calvin. Uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, my journey at National, and, and I'd really love to hear from you. What uh, At the rally this weekend, that was one of the best parts of participating is there were libertarians from all over the country who drove uh, driven out, uh, flown out, and I got to just talk to them about what they needed. And I'd love to hear from your perspective as uh, a person trying to get things done in Pennsylvania. What are some things you'd like to see National do for you? Yeah, so right now, uh, now that uh, the rally is done, uh, we have we have some uh, issue coalitions projects that uh, that we're talking about uh, in the works. So our, our issues coalitions committee is uh, the one we have at the state level. Uh, they're very energetic and motivated, uh, but the people who are on it right now, generally speaking, are very new. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of experience of people who have run those kinds of events before. So um, I'm not quite sure what the best suggestion is there, but um, you know, any tips or tricks or guides as far as like organizing rallies go, good groups to partner with, um, anything like that uh, would be welcome. That, that's great to hear. And I, that sounds about on point. Um, every time I speak to someone who's working hard in an affiliate, it seems like that's the main thing that they're looking for is either people with expertise that they can talk to or resources. So hopefully we can get you something direct or find someone else around the country who can hook you up with that. Yeah. And another big area is candidates. Those are probably going to be the two big focus for the rest focuses for the rest of the year. Cause mm-hmm. um, like I was telling you at the beginning, like I think before we started the odd year elections in Pennsylvania, that's all the local elections. Like last year, last year when we had, well, as with every even year election cycle, uh, we have federal down to state representative is the lowest level office that's up for election in an even year. So those are very difficult to win the odd level the odd year races, those are the ones that are actually winnable. So we're going to be spending a lot of time and energy targeting those. And we do have a, we do have a crack squad in Pennsylvania. Um, That's definitely true, but we're going to be running so many candidates. I, I anticipate that we're going to have our hands full. So, you know, any general guidance there, any resources that could be provided to us would be a big help. That, that's great. And this is something that's public if, if people caught the uh, most recent February board meeting. So I'll just give a quick preview and there'll be more information coming out about that. Um, in the past, there's been um, demand for having trainings at the regional level. And the board is going to be organizing uh, through a partnership with another organization, a way to get 
training, again, um, uh, around to each of our eight different regions. And what we're looking at doing this year is not only training candidates, but training the teams who support them. So imagine if you want to be a campaign manager for someone, or if you want to help be a treasurer or a fundraising manager, what are the skills that you need? Um, that is coming soon. I know for a lot of people, it can be an intimidating thing to be the person who's running, but it's really easy to get your feet wet and support somebody like that, especially if you've got some free time and you're um, you're raring to go. Uh, National would like to help get you the training you need to do any of those roles. So really uh, looking forward to having that happen and that should be coming to a region near you very soon. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. It's uh, funny with region five in particular, it stretches from, uh, Pennsylvania to South Carolina and even driving from like most people who haven't spent a lot of time here don't realize this, but just driving from the west to the east side of Pennsylvania alone mm -hmm. is six hours, let yeah. alone like if you're in Pittsburgh or Erie or something, you want to drive mm -hmm. down or training in. Well, it's not South Carolina anymore. Sorry, it's North Carolina now, but still yeah. like driving down to Raleigh or something. <laughs> you know, it's it's not ideal. Um, in fact, I think the Region 8 training la um, last year, um, or is it the year before, the one they had in Atlantic City, actually ended up being like maybe three to four times closer to me than the Region 5 training was, as it turned Actually, out. Yeah, I know that not all the regions are contiguous. So um, the goal is just to make sure everyone is getting the resources they need. Um, the board is kind of organizing that by region. But there's a clear demand for not just having in-person trainings, but having things be on demand or accessible online. So um, hopefully there'll be a nice blend for everybody to be able to get the materials they need. Um, but what I hope comes as uh, you know a good uh, good news is that it's not just for candidates, it's for the teams who support them. And kudos to Angela and the board for uh, really making sure that that is top of mind as we gear up for elections this year and next year. That's awesome. So do we have a rough... Uh timetable for that? Like when you think those might be happening? Yeah, it's a great question. So like I mentioned, they're getting organized regionally. So it works for every region. And that means that the regional officers are going to be invested. And so um, did you mention uh, with Pennsylvania being region five, uh, that's obviously led by Andrew Watkins. And he's the one to reach out to if anyone is wanting it to be in a particular place at a particular time. Um, and uh, yeah, just just great to hear from people when they when they want these things to happen. But um, the right. funding for, or the the funding for that was just approved in the early February timeframe. Okay, great. Uh, so, uh, is there anything else uh, you wanted to make sure that uh, the audience knew about before we wrap up? Um, I'll just do a quick roundup uh, to answer a couple of questions you had earlier. If anyone is needing any, some, anything from National, go to our website, lp.org. Um, and then if you have a question, the best way to get it answered is to reach out to info at lp.org. We put that in every email, but you can just reach out to us anytime with your questions. Um, and if uh, you are thinking about uh, donating or joining this thing, uh, it's really easy to do, um, very cheap and, and free even to just sign up to become a member and cheap to become a sustaining member. It only costs 25 bucks um, a year to be able to do that. And very soon, the member perks for being a monthly donor um, are going to get even better. Um, a quick plug for that, if you like to see the LP investing in really cool projects, the best way that you can do that is to be a monthly donor because it gives us 
really predictable amount of investment that we're having from our donors and we can rely on that and then plan really cool big things. So um, I recommend you reach out to lp.org slash donate or lp.org slash join and then sign up to be a monthly donor today. But um, after all of those lp.org plugs, that's all I wanted to share with you tonight, Calvin. And thank you for having me tonight and to everyone at LPPA for inviting me to come out next week. Really excited to talk with you all. Yeah, thanks, Lainey. So how can people follow uh, what's going on with you and uh, LP National? Yeah, so uh, funny enough, as a, a marketer, I spend a lot more time um, building up other people's channels than my own. But I think you can find me at Lainey something um, on Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, etc. Um, locals, wherever uh, you have all those platforms. So at Laney something, and I um, hope to see you there. Um, of course, the even cooler channel that you can follow is at LP National on Twitter. Um, and we have a number of handles across all of the different social media platforms. So hope people like the messaging and we are constantly trying to make it better and hope to see you there. Yeah, um, that that reminds me of one thing I, I, wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to mention before we close out. Um, yeah, go for it. I, I wish I could have listened to more of it, but I did catch the uh, Twitter spaces that was done right before the rally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I heard you on it. So it's great to see that, um, you know, LP National is getting out there and uh, reaching out to uh, more people in more uh, diverse venues than they have up mm-hmm. to this point. And <laughs> it was particularly funny when uh, Clint had his existential crisis that the <laughs> uh, voice of the Libertarian Party is female. And I don't know how I'm going to reckon with this. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, well, like I joked on Twitter Spaces, the future is female. So uh, that should be uh, no surprise. And um, in all seriousness, that is a really fun, really hard grouping work of people or really hard working. Yeah. Group of people who um, make all of our social media and it's not just social. It's a bunch of different channels. They work hard to make a success. And after um, some early growth in the past couple of months, we are expanding that team. So if you want to be a part of it, go to lp.org slash talent. And we've got a little thing open already called dream job at the LP. You can apply there. And we are looking through those resumes for people to bring on as volunteers and even full-time staff so um would love to uh bring more people on so if you want to be the voice of the lp female or not uh you should apply to us and uh we'd love to bring on more people well i i think you've definitely done a great job uh promoting everything today so uh, thanks again Lainey, for coming on awesome thanks so much calvin talk to you later yep uh and good night everyone Uh, we'll see you at the reading convention